So it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Uh, I just want to, the worship team, man, you guys did an awesome job. That was, that, that was really good. Um, so I want to start off by saying I was uh, doing some spring cleaning in my garage. And if anybody's been in my garage, it needs some cleaning. Uh, and I was building a, sh- uh, a wood shop out back. And um, so I was going through my closets out there to uh, get stuff to go take and put in my uh, little wood shop that I'm building. And I, I opened the doors of my uh, closet, and it was just, it was full of stuff, stuff that I've collected over years. This is not mine at house. Mine's a lot worse than this. Um, so it was just tons of stuff in this closet. And I, I took buckets from Home Depot, and I was pouring junk out that I had from like when I was in high school and all these different places, the brochures I've collected. And I probably did five or six bucket loads to the garbage, and I still had stuff in there. And then the Lord began to kind of deal with me that this closet's our life. This closet was like my life. That we store a lot of junk in our lives. Spiritually speaking today, this closet's us. And there was so much stuff in there that Lord was wanting to put some new things in there. I wanted to buy some new, new tools, and I, I didn't even have room for new tools in my closet because I had so much stuff in it. And the Lord was saying, that's like a lot of us. We got so much stuff in our closet, there's no room for him to do something new in our life. And he wants us to clean out our closet. And that was my title, they clean out our closet and make room for something new. Because the Lord wants to do something new in your life. He wants us to get rid of some things. So he can do some, something new in our life. Christians in general and people, we, just, we have a habit of collecting things. And uh, one of the shelves in my closet was so full of stuff that it was beginning to bend. And one, a couple of them broke. But this one on top, man, it was just screaming help. It was bending and it was wood. You know, it just had a lot of weight. And uh, some of us are like that. We're so weighted down with stuff that we can't enjoy life. One of the weights that we collect is guilt. You know, we carry guilt of our past and our past sins, and we store it in our life, in our closet. And God's wanting you to get rid of that. Get that out of your life. Jesus died on the cross so you could be free from your guilt, from your past, and from your past sins. He doesn't want you to live there, and he definitely doesn't want you to keep it in your closet. Forget what went on in your past. You are a new person, a new creation, a new creature in Christ Jesus, the Bible says. Get rid of that. Pull it out of your closet. Some of us even carry the weights of other people's stuff. Parents carry the weights. Well, if I would have been a better parent, my kid wouldn't have got hooked up on drugs. You know, they're, they're, they would have been better, um, better parents themselves. They wouldn't have lost their kids to CPS. They wouldn't have went to prison. If I would have been a better friend of that person in college, maybe, and took more time with them, they wouldn't have committed suicide. We carry the weights of all kinds of stuff that's not even ours to carry. Stop living in the guilt of other people's decisions. You can't carry the guilt of someone else's sins or bad decisions. It's not yours to carry. Hebrews says in 12 and 1, Let us lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us, and let us run this race with patience that is set before us. See, guys, because we're in a race, spiritually speaking, and you cannot continue to put on weights in your life and finish the race. I like to watch those uh, big, big uh, strongman competitions, and those guys will put on those weights, and they'll have to run uh, like a distance and stuff, and the more they carry and the more they put on, one guy was running, and his leg just buckled, and it shot out the side, and it was, it was really bad. 
And that's a lot of like a lot of us sometimes. We put on so much weight, we get crushed in life by pressures. And God's wanting us to get that out of our closet. See, but the good news says, therefore, there in Second uh, Corinthians, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. And then Romans 8, therefore, now there is no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. You don't have to live in the past. You don't have to live with guilt. You can lay it all down at the cross, get rid of it, nail it to the cross, and leave it there. Don't store it up in the shelves of your life. One of the things we tend to collect is a negativity, a negative attitude. A negative outlook on life will destroy any chance of a positive future. People having a negative attitude uh, sees things like this. The glass is half empty instead of half full. Always seeing the bad instead of the good. Focusing on what's done wrong instead of what's done right. And pointing out the negative instead of the positive. Guess what? No one wants to be around a negative person. There's nothing worse than a negative Christian. The guy that comes in and sits on the seat and says, well, the worship was too loud. You know, they sang too many songs. You know, that one person was off key. You know, the pastor preached too long. You know, he, he talked too much about women compared to guys. You know, oh, I would have went up and got prayer, but uh, they pray really loud, and I think the last person they prayed for died, so I don't really want to go up there. You know, you, you know, the real negative. Really negative. I probably shouldn't have said that, but... <laughs> if you're that person, don't be praying for me, okay? So I was like... Uh, you know, get the negativity out of your life. Don't, don't, don't let negativity get in there. Get it out of yourself. Or get it out of yourself. Don't, don't come and sit here and be a negative person. Let the Spirit of God work with you and deal with you. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. If you'd come in and start worshiping God, praising God, instead of sitting there like a bump on a pickle and trying to judge everything, maybe God would change some things in your life. You would get rid of that negative spirit. You'd get rid of that negative attitude. And guess what? You might even find out that you'll have some friends because people will start liking you and start wanting to hang around you. Things would change in your situation. We'd get rid of that negative attitude, that negative spirit. A negative attitude is the breeding ground for things that want to hold you captive, like fear, doubt, anger, all these things. They want to work their way and stay in your cabinet, and God wants you to get that out of your cabinet, out of your closet. That's why sometimes our prayers go unanswered. Because we go to prayer with a negative attitude instead of an expecting spirit. When we go to pray, we should pray, Lord, I know you're going to do this. You're my source. I know you're going to do this. Not with, well, I prayed and it, it didn't happen last week. It didn't happen last month. It didn't happen for this person. Just get rid of the negativity. God's saying, get it out of your closet. Pray with expectations. We focus on the problem instead of the deliverer the one who can fix the problems. Philippians says, in 4 and 6, says, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with humbleness, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. So we let the peace of God keep our hearts and minds. We wouldn't have room for a negative attitude in our life. I don't even like to be around negative people. If you're negative, I don't even really want to be around you. Sorry. Because <laughs> I choose to be around people that are positive. 
that want to speak good things into my life, want to speak good things about my future, that, want, that will help me get to the place I want to get in God. And you know what? Guys, some of you need to break some bad relationships and some negative relationships in your life that hold you back. When God speaks a word in your life, you get around these people, and they're like, no, I don't believe that, and they want to just nitpick everything. You need to learn to break some relationships in your life so God can take you to a higher place that he wants to take you to. We have to be the adult. If, you, if there's a goal in your life, if God's wanting to send you to a place, then don't waste time with people that want to take you down, Amen. that got no outlook on life, that are satisfied in the mud hole they're in. God's got something bigger than a mud hole for you. Amen. Tell that negative attitude to get out of your closet. Lay it at the altar, nail it to the cross, and get rid of it. A negative attitude is a dangerous spirit to entertain because it will keep you from seeing what Jesus wants to do in your life. Nail it to the cross. Make room for something new. The next thing we need to get out of our closet is doubt. Many people keep doubt on their shelves because they really haven't placed their full trust in the Lord. They're kind of half in, half out. They haven't really kind of made up their mind if they want to serve the Lord or not. See, the opposite of doubt is not belief, it's trust. And how can you trust someone who you're not really committed to? So many people go to church, but never really go to God. Many people sing songs, but they don't understand what they're singing about. Many people are religious, but not spiritual. And many people are committed to a church, but are not committed to a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't trust who you don't really know. But we can trust when we truly know the person of Jesus Christ. With trust comes faith, and with faith we don't have to doubt no more. We need to get that doubt out of our closet. Hebrews 11 says, But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So the question is, how much time do you spend seeking the Lord? When was the last time you were really passionate about your walk in Christ? To the point that you were in a full pursuit of him. That you would make time for Bible studies, you would make time for prayer, you would make time to go to a class, that you would lay things aside and go after the Lord. Because see, the Lord wants you to go after him. So when was the last time you were really hungry for the Lord, seeking the Lord, desiring the Lord to do something in your life? Because when you get in that relationship with the Lord, doubt will fade away. Get doubt out of the closet. Get it, out of the, get it out of your life. There's a couple of ways to get doubt out of our closet. Or I should say that there's a couple of ways that doubt gets in our closet. There we go. Got my tongue twisted. It says when we look at man instead of God. See, we have a tendency as human beings to put man on a pedestal, to put um, organizations on a pedestal. And when we, we do that, we set ourselves up for failure. Because man will fail you, organizations will fail you, and, um, and when it happens, it's, it's pretty devastating. The new Christian, he, he sees a pastor that's really strong, and he says, oh man, if, if that guy fails, there's no hope for me. You know, we, we set people up on a pedestal, and it'll, it'll fail every time, because our hope, or we're looking at people instead of God. There was a man in a high school that um, I gave a book to, um, uh, I was reading this evangelist in the 80s. He was really um, popular, um, 
pastor went and seen him a couple times, I think at the Oakland Coliseum. He, he was on TV, just a great, great evangelist, and he was doing a really good work. He was the man at the time. And so I gave him this book, and my, and my teacher started reading it, and he was asking me questions. I wasn't really sure, sure if he was saved or not, and, but he was interested, so I think the Lord was dealing with him. And it wasn't a month later that this evangelist fell, and when he fell, he fell hard. You know, and it was all over the TVs, and, and people were taking their shots. See those Christians, you know, they're just full of it. And, you know, it was, just, it was a ripple effect because people had their, their trust in a person instead of Christ, instead of God. And man will fail you, but Jesus won't. Hebrews says in 13, it says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Man is certainly a representative of God, but he was never intended to be the substitute. Another way doubt gets in our closet is when we fix our eyes on our circumstances instead of God. God didn't intend for the children of Israel to stay um, in the wilderness. He wanted them to go into their promised land. And matter of fact, the spies came back, and only two of the spies had a positive report, Caleb and uh, Joshua. You know, they're all like, man, the grapes are big. It's flowing with milk and honey. It's a great land. And the rest of them was like, did you see those dudes over there? Those dudes are big. They're giants, man. We look like grasshoppers. And so they went back and they stirred up this doubt and this negative report. And the children of Israel ended up staying in the wilderness for 40 years. So that generation died off because they had doubt and murmuring and complaining all in their closet. And they never got it out. Doubt will leave you wondering in a spiritual wilderness. Israel got their eyes off the goal, which was the land of milk and honey, and on their circumstances. They let doubt and fear get in their closet. And when you let doubt take your eyes off the goal, all you'll see is your surrounding circumstances in, the, in, in your presence. And see, God wants you to not to doubt. Because see, God, when God looks at you, he doesn't see your circumstances or your surroundings. He sees your potential. See, Israel saw themselves as grasshoppers compared to a bunch of giants. But God saw them with unlimited potential because he was their source. See, when God's your source, you don't have to worry. You don't have to look at your circumstances. We need to stop looking at our circumstances and trust God because he is our source. And if he's our source, we can't fail. Amen? God doesn't want you wandering in a spiritual wilderness. He wants you in the, to embrace the promised land. Throw doubt out of your closet. Get it out of your closet. I was talking about earlier, I don't like to be around negative people because negative people will pull you down. And um, one of the things about negativity is it, it will destroy where the Lord wants to take you. And um, if anybody had a reason to be negative, it would have been Paul. You know, first he was, he was Saul, and then the Lord slapped him off a horse and kind of just slapped him all up the face and changed his name. He became Paul. You know, if anybody had a reason to be negative, it would have been Paul because he was shipwrecked, he was bit by snakes, and, and uh, he was beaten for the Lord. And you're thinking when you're doing something for the Lord, you think there's going to be some kind of benefit. You know, you think if that would happen to most Christians nowadays, they would, uh, they would run out. They'd be like, forget that, I'm not doing it. But not Paul and Silas. They prayed, and they were, they were positive about it. Um, Matter of fact, it says here in Acts 16, it says, And the multitude rose up against them and the magistrates, and they ran off their clothes and commanded them to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safe. And who had received such a charge thrust them into the inner court of the prison and put their feet in stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas parade and sang songs unto God. And the prisoners heard them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake 
so that the foundations of the prisons shooken, or, or shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and all their bands were loosed. So let me tell you something. Here they're in prison. They could be negative, and they're not. They, start, they uh, begin to pray and praise, and all of a sudden the, the prison shakes. All of a sudden the doors are opened, their chains fall off, and they can go out. And right there, guys, if a lot of us, if we would look in our, our situations that we're at and stop, look, stop looking at it in a negative situation and begin to go to God and praise God and worship God and give God the glory and give him the honor, guess what? The Spirit of God's going to come into your situation. He's going to begin to shake that prison you're in. Those doors are going to come open. Those bonds are going to fall off of you, and you'll be able to go free. And not only will you go free, but people around you will go free because they'll see your witness and your testimony. Praise the Lord. Don't be a negative witness. How can you expect someone to want what you have if you present it in a negative way? Some people, I don't even uh, like to uh, ask them how they're doing in the morning when I come to church. It's just like, God bless your brother, we'll see you. Because <laughs> I don't want to get caught stuck in the corner for five or ten minutes, you know, hearing about how my uh, car broke down, my roof caved in, my dog died. You know, it sounds like an old country western song, you know. <laughs> I don't, I don't got time for that in the morning. This should be a positive place when we come in and we worship God. We come in, we lift our hands up, we worship God and say, God, I'm just glad to be here. I'm going to not focus on the circumstances of my life of today or this past week or the job or the kids or whatever's going on. I'm going to come in here, I'm going to praise you and give you honor and glory. And guess what, guys? When we do that, chains will fall off. The prison doors will open. For as many as you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, Galatians says. We're to be like Christ. Christ wasn't negative. Matter of fact, Jesus showed up in some pretty negative places and made them positive. One of them was the story of Lazarus. Martha comes out and meets him, you know, crying. There's crying at her house. There's people crying around because her brother's dead. He's been dead for four days. You know, and then Jesus says, you know, he'll live again. And she's like, oh, I know, Lord, he'll live again. But, uh, she, uh, the Lord makes this great statement right here. Yeah, it's pretty positive. Jesus says in uh, John 11, he goes, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though they were dead, yet shall he live. And whoever liveth, believeth in, in me, shall never die. He was super positive. Because he was the resurrection. He's right. But then on down in 37, check this out. Here's where that negative spirit comes in again, that negative mindset. Because some of the people were there, but they, um, they said, but some said, this man healed the blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? See, focusing on the negative. And Jesus, he goes down to the grave, and then he says this in John 11. With a loud voice, he cried, Lazarus, come forth. And when he, the dead came forth, bound a hand and foot in grave clothes, and his face was bound with a napkin. And Jesus said unto him, loose him and let him go. And the many of the Jews which uh, came to Mary and had seen this, uh, which Jesus did, believed on him. But some of them went their way to the Pharisees and told these things what Jesus had done. And so the Bible goes on to say from that, that point forward that um, the, chief, uh, uh, the chief priest and the Pharisees plotted from that day how they could kill Jesus. See, because they were focused on the negative. They totally bypassed the miracle there. This guy had been dead for four days. And all they were thinking about was the negative, that this miracle Jesus did was going to cause these people, yeah, he did stink it, um, was going to cause these people to follow uh, Jesus more, and it was going to cause them to follow uh, the Jewish traditions and just those guys. So they were so focused on that that they didn't even see the miracle that Jesus did. 
You know, and some of us, we need to go in the mirror or we need to just, you know, open up our closet. I guess the mirror would be the better thing to do and just speak to ourselves and say, loose me and let me go. Get rid of that negative spirit in our life. Loose me and let me go. Have someone pray for you. Loose me and let me go and get that junk out of your life. Praise the Lord. I think what I'll do is uh, have it a short message today, and uh, I'm going to have the worship team come on back up, and I'm going to um, go over one more point, and then uh, we'll just have the, have the worship, have the Lord do something in our worship service here. Uh, another point I want to say um, this morning is that um, when I was cleaning out my closet, and I was pulling stuff out, and I was uh, throwing stuff away, I ran into some tools that I didn't even know I had. They were good tools, but they were so buried underneath all the junk that I didn't have access to them. Matter of fact, I forgot that they were even there. And I think the Lord would want me to say to you today, church, that there's things that the Lord's put in your life that he's given you, he's gifted you with, but you've buried them over with so much other stuff in your life, hurts, insecurities, things that people have done to you, that you don't have access to them. And the Lord's got no room to get to them because of all these things in our life. And he wants you to clear this junk out of your life, the fear, the guilt, the doubt, the insecurities, the weights, so he can have access to your life again. Because he's got a plan for your life. And he wants to touch you. He wants to reach inside your life and start fresh. He wants to steer those things up in you that he's planted in you. And he wants you to get rid of the things that are holding you back from your potential, from your promised land. Because see, church, God's our source. I was so thinking about that today during worship. God's our source. I don't have to fear. You don't have to fear because God's our source. He's unlimited in everything that he does. That's why he saw Israel's potential. He wasn't worried about their circumstances because he knows he's unlimited. And if you put your faith and trust in an unlimited God, there's nothing that can hold you back. There's nothing that can keep you down because he's unlimited. And he wants you to clean your closet out so he can make something new in your life this morning. And so if you're here, and you're one of those persons like me, a long time, man, that struggled with fear, struggled with doubt, struggled with insecurities, get that in your spirit. God is unlimited in his sources and his resource. And if you will trust him, he'll be your cloud by day, your pillar by night. He will part the Red Sea. He'll feed you in the wilderness. If you will trust God, there's nothing you can't do, and there's nothing you can't be if you will give God everything in your life. If you'll empty your closet out and let God fill it with his spirit. So if you're here today, I, I just want to pray with you. If there's been some things in your life, guilt that you've been struggling with, insecurities, doubt. If you're still struggling with things that happened to you in your past, guess what? God's saying, get them out of your closet. Get them out of your closet. Stop storing them. Don't let them hold you back. 
The past is the past. Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. In other words, get those things out of your life. If you're here today, I want to pray with you. Get the other ministers to pray with you. We'll worship God and we'll believe God. We'll trust God for every situation. Clean the things out of your life, guys, that hold you back from where God wants to take you. God's got a promised land for you. Don't spend your time wandering around the wilderness, going around a mountain for 40 years because you want to store something instead of clean it out. I want to clean all the junk out of my life because I want God to have every bit of me. The Lord is coming soon, and I believe he's telling his church to get ready. The Bible says he's coming after people that made themselves ready. Are you making yourself ready? Are you seeking the Lord? Are you spending time with him? Lord, show me. Show me the junk in my closet. Show me the things that I can get rid of that are holding me back, that are holding me down. And I believe today, if you'll be honest with yourself, and you'll make a step of faith, because if you go, he'll go. If you'll take the step, he'll meet you. I believe there'll be some freedom. I believe there'll be some deliverance. And I believe God will pull some stuff out of your life if you'll allow him. So with every head bowed, I just thank you, Lord, for today. Lord, I know you're already doing a work. And I would just ask, Father Lord, that those that would step out in faith, Lord, you're a God of faith, Father Lord. You're a God of faith. That they put their trust in you, Lord. That, Lord, you will break every chain. Lord, that you'll remove those things, Lord, in our lives, even the things, Lord, that's hid, Father Lord, the potential in our life. Lord, that we can access it, Father Lord, that you'll have full access to it. That, Father Lord, you could take and grow us into that person you've called us to be. I thank you and I praise you, Father Lord, in Jesus' name. So go ahead. And-